Well, good morning and welcome to Epic. My name is uh, Tim Jones and I'm one of the pastors here on staff at Epic and we're so glad that you are here with us today. And last night, uh, one of our second trip to Guatemala got back and so you can see some of the pictures of them building houses. Yeah, a lot of them are here. And uh, you'll even see Trent here in a second. Uh, Yep, there he is. So just proves that bald men can go on mission trips. So there you go. Um, But anyways, thank you so much for just cheering them on from afar and praying for them and reading all their Facebook posts and everything. And you won't want to miss out. Next week, we will be having both teams report back uh, in the services. And so it's going to be an amazing service to hear the stories that went on there that transpired within the team and also within the lives that they came into contact with as well. And so you'll want to come back and hear next week all the stories from both those mission trips. Well, today we are in our fourth part of our video series. Uh, Each summer, we do a video series and uh, to bring in someone that maybe you have not heard before. And so we are hearing from uh, Craig Rochelle in this bold series, and he is a pastor out of Oklahoma, and uh, his church, he leads a church of over 40,000 people, and they have 15 different campuses. And so each week, uh, he presents at one of those campuses, and they satellite in the message to the rest of those campuses, and then they also do it online as well. And so it's been a tremendous series. Uh, We've heard great responses from you in terms of just uh, God really speaking to you. And so today we are concluding in this series of Bold, and then next week we are uh, going to be having the mission trip teams report back. And so before we begin today, um, let's pray uh, as we listen to this final message from Craig. Father, uh, we just thank you so much uh, for who you are. And God, we just thank you for uh, bringing back the team safely from Guatemala. And God, all the amazing things that you did in them and through them. And uh, Father, thank you so much that you care about people all across this world. And it's amazing to see the, uh, just the connections that you have planned and the moments that you have planned. And so God, thank you so much for this series as well. Uh, thank you so much for just learning what it is to really be bold in our faith, not um, stupid, not ridiculous, but God, to really follow you and understand what that means. And so God, as we listen to Craig today, may we just interact with him. Uh, may we pr- just imagine that he's here right here with us today. And uh, Father, just speak to our hearts of what you would have to say to us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today I'm super glad to have all of you with us at all of our life churches, our network churches. We love you guys and those of you from countries all over the world joining us live right now at Church Online. Uh, we're thrilled to have you with us. Today's the last week of the series called Bold, as we've been looking at Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5. If you want to follow along in your Bibles today, uh, we'll be in Acts chapter 5. Next week, I'm starting a brand new two-week series called Two, Gather, wherever two or three gather together in His name. I've got incredible news for you, and that is God is there with you. I can't wait. I have a real burden, and that starts next week. Today, though, we're going to talk about bold obedience. Could I get all of you at all of our churches to shout out bold obedience? One, two, three. Bold obedience. I've told this story before, but I want to tell it again because I believe it really highlights the importance of this subject. When I was a new Christian, maybe 19 or 20 years of age, I went to church, uh, was worshiping and singing, and I looked across the church and there was a lady that God just kind of put this, she was older and obviously had a rough life, you could just tell, but God just kind of gave me a burden for her. 
And I felt like, I never had this happen before, but I felt like God was saying, give her the money you have in your wallet. And I thought, that's weird. Is that, is that God or is that the pizza I ate at 2 a.m. kicking me in the morning? You know, what am I, is that God? And I thought, maybe it's Satan. No, Satan wouldn't tempt me to be generous. And so I'm going through, so I finally said, okay, if I'm supposed to give her my money, how much do I have? I looked at my wallet and all I had was a $5 bill. And I thought, well, that's stupid. I mean, how much good is that gonna do? So I, I tried to shake it and I put it back in my pocket and I kept, feeling like there was this burden you should go. And so I was a new Christian. I thought, I'll, I'll do what I think God wants me to do. So it's kind of awkward. I went up and said, man, I'm sorry. I know this is weird and this is all I have, but I felt like I was supposed to give you this. And I gave her the $5. And when I did, she looked at it and then she looked at me and then she looked at it and she threw her hands up toward the heavens and she said, thank you, God. And I'm like going, what happened? Did he multiply it in her hands and it's 5,000 or, you know, it's only $5. And so I tried to walk off, like, you know, it's really no big deal. And she grabbed me. She said, no, wait, you have to hear this. And through tears, she said, I'm a single mom and I'm out of money and I don't get paid till next Wednesday. And I looked at the gas in my car today and I wanted to go to church, but I only had enough to get there and not enough to get home. And I prayed, God, what do I do? And I felt like God said, go to church and trust me to get you home. And God has answered my prayer and met my need. And I was like, whoa. That's just, that's incredible. And then I thought, well, good for you, because that was my lunch money. And this was pre-credit card days. And so I thought, well, you know, at least she'll get home. And, and after church, a guy said, hey, you want to go to lunch? I'm like, oh, I can't. And he goes, I'm buying. And I'm like, I'm going, baby. And I got an $8 lunch on a $5 gift. That's how God will often work when you obey He'll bless someone else, and then you get the overflow of that. Well, if you fast forward a few years, I, uh, I felt that same kind of burden. This time I saw a guy, and I felt like I was supposed to give him all my money. I got in my wallet, and like, all I had was a $100 bill. It's like, crap, that's a $100 bill. <laughs> Satan, is that you tempting me to be like Jesus again? And so I'm arguing back and forth. Should I do no, 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 no. And I felt like God wanted me to, and this time, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You could say I had $5 obedience, but not $100 obedience, if you wanted to be cruel, but that's the truth. I, I didn't do it. And to this day, I wonder, God, what did you want to do in that guy's life? And what blessing did I miss from not obeying your call and, uh, and, and becoming disobedient? I believe that God wants to speak to many of you and you to respond to the promptings of his spirit or the teachings in his word. And when you boldly obey, you'll experience his presence in a very new and a very real way. Let me give you the context for uh, our text today in Acts chapter five. If you haven't been with us, uh, Peter and John were bold, man. They, uh, they were preaching Jesus. Uh, the Sanhedrin didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, said you gotta stop. They kept doing it. God gave them the ability and the faith to see a guy who had been crippled for 40 years. They prayed and the guy was healed. 
And so that put the religious leaders in a bind because they wanted to keep the apostles locked up, but they couldn't because everybody knew that they had done this big miracle. And so they were praying and people were being healed. They were casting demons out and people by the hundreds were becoming Christians. And so the religious leaders felt this pressure. We gotta shut this down. And they knew if they didn't, that Rome would come in and say, okay, little boys, obviously you don't have the power to get this thing solved. We'll strip your power and we'll get it done for you. And so they were jealous and they felt this pressure. And that's where we pick up the story in Acts chapter five, verse 17. Scripture says this, then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Verse 20, the angel says, go, stand in the temple courts and tell the people the full message of this new life. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna watch as these apostles boldly obey. And I wanna show you three principles that you will experience in your bold obedience. The first one, if you're taking notes, is this. You have to remember, bold obedience usually triggers opposition. Everybody say that, bold obedience usually triggers opposition. Verse 18, they, the religious leaders, arrested the apostles and put them in a public jail. If you're keeping track, this is the second time that they'd been in jail in a very short period of time. The problem is in the Christian culture that so many of us live today, uh, we would say, that's unacceptable, that's not fair. For example, when I was driving to church and I was late and I was going a little bit over the speed limit and I got pulled over by a police officer, I promptly reminded God, I am your servant called to preach your anointed word. Grant me favor and talk him out of giving me that ticket because I am your faithful servant. Oh God, in Jesus' name I pray, okay? Like, I don't wanna get the ticket. And so often we think, well, I'm obeying God. I mean, I'm, I go to church once or twice a month, whether I need it or not. You know, I help the lady cross the road, I'm a good person, so nothing bad should happen to me. I mean, I'm obeying God. I should be married to a smoking hot wife who loves the Bible. I'm obeying, we should have kids that never get sick and, and I should make an A on my Algebra two exam because I read my Bible today and bless God, my football team should go undefeated this year because I am a strong Christian. Can somebody say amen, you know? And so we tend to think that. The re reality is though, when you boldly obey God, you will face opposition. Here's what you need to know. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience, you are not ready to be used by God. Mm, that's good preaching and you are way too quiet. Let me say it again because you missed it the first time. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God. You're not ready to be used by God because when you obey God, opposition comes. And in my life, I'll tell you, uh, every single time, every single time that God used my obedience in a significant way to advance the kingdom, every time there was 
opposition, opposition, opposition. I, I can go through the list. When we started the church, guess what? I thought Christians would be like, oh, praise God. Young little pastor boy starting a church. We'll pray for it. You know what I got? A church? Why are you starting a church? What's wrong with the church down the street? There's enough churches around. Don't need to start a stupid church. Who do you think 28 years old starting a church? Why are you starting a church? Opposition. Uh, when Amy and I went from having two kids to three kids, we felt like God told us that children are a blessing. It says it in scripture. I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. And then we had four kids, five kids, six kids. You wouldn't believe. Where, don't you know what causes that? You can get that fixed, snip, 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 snip. You know, what are you doing having all these kids? That's just ridiculous bringing all these kids into the world. Then when God led us to home educate our kids, and just for the record, I've never said anybody should do that. That's just what God, oh, you wouldn't believe. Oh, you know, home education, you're gonna raise socially retarded kids. They're gonna grow up and wear skirts and, and make their own butter and stuff like that. You know, what? What are you, home educate, weird old kids? And then when we were turning people away from the church, we, we felt like God called us to go and do church in another location. Church in another location, two locations. What are you trying to do, like reach people for Christ? I mean, that's stupid. And that whole preacher on the video screen, who wants to watch a preacher on, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard, watch a preacher on a video screen, and then, Church online, can't have church online, can't have church, church not online. Church is about people, not that people relate online nowadays, can't have, church. bless God. And then when we said we're gonna give the Bible away on mobile devices around the world, almost 30 million of them, thanks to your generosity around the world, one every second being downloaded. You can't do that. The Bible is a book a book. It's not something you put on a mobile phone. It doesn't work when you read the living Word of God on a phone. It's got to have leather and pages. Bless God. <laughs> Every significant act of obedience was met with opposition. And if you want to boldly obey God, you got to put it down on your calendar. Opposition is coming. I'll tell you, don't worry when you meet opposition for obeying God. Worry when you don't, because you're probably not obeying God. I, I don't know what it'll be for you. You could be sick and tired of debt. Everybody's in debt. Everybody's living beyond their means. Everybody's struggling financially. And you finally say, you know what? I'm sick of it. I don't want a financial noose around my neck. We're getting out of it. And you may pray, and God may lead you to do something crazy, and you're, you drive an old clunker instead of borrowing, or, or maybe you downsize into a smaller home. And everybody's like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Stay with us. All the stupid people live beyond their means. You know, stay in debt. That's what we do. Buy bigger. Buy more than you can afford. Borrow. You obey God, you're gonna get resistance. Uh, God, God may uh, call you to do something weird when you're raising your kids. You may not put them in the sports league where they play on Sundays or on the weekend. You may be just so, God may prompt your heart that you wanna send a message to your children that the worship of God is more important than their sports league. But, but if you don't put little Junior in the traveling flag hockey league and he can't go to Massachusetts when he's three, how's he ever gonna make the Olympic team? 
That's great. You've got to have your kid in the church. And you may just, and you're going to get opposition. You, you may uh, have had the gift of dating jerks. You're a jerk magnet. Every guy you've dated is a jerk. You're like, hey, jerks, want to date? And, and you're realizing something's not right. And so you just say, uh, I'm, I'm going to stop dating for a while. I want God to renew my mind. I, it, it's Friday night. All your friends are like, hey, we're going to the club. Jigga, jigga, jigga. I'm not going. What, what are you doing? Well, I'm spending time with God. What? Weird. Different. Yes. Yes. When you obey God, you will see opposition. Don't worry when you do. Worry when you don't. Thought number one, when you boldly obey you'll usually trigger opposition. Number two, when you boldly obey, you'll often release God's miracles. When you obey, you can expect to God to show up and work supernaturally. Verse 19, I love this. Now, if you remember, this is Luke, the physician who's writing Acts. And listen to just the, the statement. No emotion, no big setup, just a statement. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. That's it, just a statement. Now, let's be honest. If that was me and I saw an angel, my statement would be like this. You're not gonna freaking believe this. This angel, and I, I just, he was nine feet tall. I mean, like flowing robes or whatever, you know, had this sword where he could kill an elephant with it, you know. He came in, and then I'd tell how he did it. I'd be like, if there, maybe there were prison bars, and the angel just kind of came up and just went, walked right through. I don't know. You know, there's the lock, and they're in the cell, and angel just like, and lightning, or whatever. And I'd be like, hey, can I get a picture with you, angel? You know, I'm tweeting this out, and it'd be like a, but here's the thing. Luke, to Luke, an angel of the Lord appeared and opened up their doors. No big deal. Just a very simple statement. Why? Because when you walk in obedience to God, you're not surprised by the miracles of God. And if that doesn't get you going, I don't think you can come back because that is really, really exciting. When you, when you walk in the obedience of God, you're not surprised when God shows up and does something supernatural. I'm not saying that nothing ever goes wrong. They were in prison, that was bad. But in the middle of the bad day, the provision of God through an angel shows up. When you walk in the obedience of God, you shouldn't be surprised when God comes through. You shouldn't be, we often are. Even me, for example, two weeks ago when I taught on bold prayer, how many of you are praying bold prayers right now? Praying bold prayers? I came home and said, our Sunday night prayer meeting with my family, what kind of bold prayers are we gonna pray? And Sam, my 10-year-old said, Dad, let's boldly ask, ask God to make it rain. Now, for those of you that live in other parts of the world, context, we're in 50 days of uh, weather over 100 degrees, much often up to 112. That's like 44, 45 Celsius for you in, in other parts of the world. It hasn't rained here since like 2002 or something. And, and he's saying, let's pray for rain. And so I'm, I'm like pulling out my phone app and I get the little weather thing and I tap it in and I'm looking at the 10 day. There's a 0% chance of rain. Rain isn't forecasted until 2017, you know. And so I'm like hedging. I'm like, okay, hey, son, that's a real bold prayer. But you know, you know, God is God, and he may not be in the mood to make it rain. And Sam was like, Dad, 
You said pray bold. And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Let's just, let's just kind of pray for rain and other things, you know. And so we prayed for rain. And Sam, 10 years old, he's like, God, I just, I know it's not supposed to, but I just believe, God, that you can make it rain. That was Sunday. Well, on Monday, I'm sitting, sitting in, in a building, and I hear this, like, that sounds like something I remember from my past called thunder. I walked outside, and God is my witness. There was liquid falling from the sky. I'm like, rain! Rain, baby, rain. And so I called Sam, like, Sam, it's raining. He's like, duh, dad, we asked God to do it. <laughs> when you walk in obedience to God in faith, you're not shocked when God does something supernatural. In fact, I love uh, this miraculous story. I, I ask on my Facebook page, just, hey, tell me, what is... Uh, uh, what's God done to bless your obedience? And I'll read two stories to you, just this one first and one later. Uh, this one was from Meredith about her husband, Corey, and, I, and she gave me permission to, uh, to share this. Uh, Meredith said, a little over two years ago, I found out my husband was having an affair. It's a bad day, okay? He was far from God and refused to come to church with me and the kids, and I wanted to leave him. God clearly told me that if I wanted an answer to my prayers for my husband to come to Christ, listen, she said, I had to be obedient and demonstrate Christ's forgiveness to my husband. It's one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make. I chose to obey and forgave my husband. A couple of months later, he started attending life group with me, and then he began attending life church. And about nine months after the affair, he raised his hand to become a follower of Christ. That is a really, really good God. She goes on to say, a few months later, our children baptized him, and now Corey serves faithfully in the tech booth every Sunday. Now our whole family serves God together at Life Church. God's reward for my obedience was beyond anything I could have ever imagined. Obedience often releases God's miracles. Now, they sent me pictures. We showed you a couple. They also sent me this other picture, which quite honestly is very confusing. I don't, I don't know what to do with this because you know how I feel about cats. And um, maybe this one got saved and it's the first cat in history going to heaven. I don't know, but that's their cat. And so that's a bold cat. That's all I can say. Well, what does bold obedience do? Bold obedience uh, usually triggers opposition. It often releases God's miracles. And number three, it always requires faith. Would you just say that with me? Number three, bold obedience always requires faith. Every single time God prompts you to do something, it's going to take faith to obey him. Is this, is this what you said? Am I it's going to take faith. Verse 20, the angel of the Lord tells them, go stand in the temple court and tell the people the full message of this new life. Now, in case you weren't paying attention, basically the angel said, go back and do what got you thrown in jail twice. Okay? I mean, let's be honest. Go back and do what the people who have the power and authority to take your life, go back and do what they told you not to ever do ever, ever, ever again. That's going to take faith. Now, when God prompts you to do something, it's going to take faith. And you may be like me. You're like, I want to know some details. Give me some details. And I guarantee you, God will often say, you want details? You can't handle the details. 
Because if I told you everything, I mean, God said, start a church. I was 28. I, if, if God had given me the details, I would have run to another country because it, the details were pretty gory. You, you just do what God leads you to do. For example, you wanna talk about a place to start obeying? Obey God's word, start there. What does the Bible say? Obey what's written in the word. The Bible says that God's word is a lamp unto our feet. What, what, what does that mean? If, if it's a light shining to our feet, we may be able to see the next step, maybe two, but not five and not 20, because it's a lamp to our feet. If we obey step by step, then guess what? The lamp gives us the next step or two, and as we obey, God continues to reveal, and we obey him step by step. You do the last thing God told you to do, and you obey by faith. Faith, it, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Earlier this year, um, I entered into one of my biggest faith moments in the history of my life. I told you all about it, and none of you really even realized how big it was. I, I was in a 21-day fast, praying for the direction of our church for this year, and God burdened me that we were gonna reach more people, um, and he put on my heart to build five different buildings. Now, if you've been around me, you know, I don't care about buildings. We, didn't, we never did assign the three-year commitment thing. I don't like, yeah, that's just, just tedious. But it's been proven that buildings are a good place for the church to gather, and then you send them out. And so I told the church, God put it on my heart, we're gonna take Wellington, Florida from a school and build a permanent building for them. And we're gonna take Owasso, Oklahoma from an elementary school and build a permanent building for them. And we're gonna uh, take Midwest City and build out this old uh, Dillard's department store and start a new campus there. And in um, uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, we're gonna take a building from the ground up and start a new campus there. And we're gonna take it, Edmond, and we're gonna build a kid's wing for them. And I just told the church, and we're gonna do five buildings, and God has put this on my heart, and we're gonna pay cash for all of it. And I could just tell people going like, how are you gonna do, so I just said, and some of you look like you're wondering, how are you gonna do that? And I just said, I haven't figured that out yet but I know God has put this on my heart. Well, I came home and Amy's like, you've never done anything like that, that was bold. You just declared, we're gonna, and, and she said, how much is all that gonna cost? And I was like, well, I don't know, I haven't thought of that. And she's like, you're planner boy, you know, why you haven't, she said, well, why don't you figure it out? So I sat down, took a pencil and a piece of paper, and like this building, okay, about that many million, and then this and then this one, and this one plus equals, carry five. Oh my gosh. The number, I'm telling you, it was impossible. Based on everything I know, physically and literally and completely impossible. I was just like, there you go, 15 good years, integrity, now I'm a false prophet. <laughs> They're going to take me out behind the building and I'm going to get stoned. And not recreationally. Not a, you know, I'm talking, they're going to, they're going to false prophet stone me for what I did. I am in big trouble. And all of a sudden there's this doubt, you know, coming in like, oh, you, you thought God and died and now it's impossible. I'm here to tell you at the six month mark by the grace and the power of God, we have paid cash for over half the buildings and by the grace of God before year end, we will pay cash for all of them because God is just that good. And I appreciate your little golf clap and some of you sitting back not caring at all because you have no idea how much faith 
that took me to declare something that was in every sense impossible. But I've got news for you. With God, all things are possible. And when you boldly obey, you will face opposition and it will take faith, and your faith will often be met with God's miracles. I love, uh, on a whole different level, there's a a great couple, uh, Brian and Alicia, who battled their own financial fears. They they knew they were supposed to tithe. What what is the tithe? When you take 10% of what God trusts to you and you worship him by giving it back uh, through the church. And this is what Brian wrote of their struggles. He, He said, we knew we needed to tithe, but we were selfish and didn't. I love his honesty. The plain and simple fact is that on paper, it was just impossible. We were living paycheck to paycheck and more often than not going in the hole. After many, many months of arguing about it, we finally took a leap of faith and started the three-month tithe challenge. The second weekend, my wife got pulled over for floating a neighborhood stop sign. She got a traffic ticket and broke down because she knew we couldn't afford it. She drove two blocks and got pulled over again. The police officer, same one, asked for the ticket back and ripped it up. He said he saw she was a teacher and said he treated his third grade teacher really badly, so this was kind of a redemption thing for it. Uh, Brian went on to say, I don't know what it was about the tithe, but we grew closer to each other and to God in those three months than we thought possible. The last week of the challenge, I got a new job at almost double the salary I was making before, and it was the job that I'd always dreamed of. Now, here's the key, and I love this. He says, we never started tithing thinking we would get any financial gain at all. We did it because we knew we had to be obedient to what God taught. We honestly thank God every time we get to tithe. That's powerful. That's powerful. It it takes... It takes faith to tithe. Some of you, you're gonna be obedient and take that step of faith. Some of you, God's gonna speak to you to start a life giving. How? It's gonna take faith. Or some of you start a ministry or a business or to ask to try to make reconciliation with someone that you've got a hurt relationship. Or you may be a guy and you're not married and you're sitting four rows down from a really cute girl who was worshiping God. And by faith, you're gonna invite her to the life group that you have not yet started. And God is gonna spark a relationship and you're gonna name your first son, Craig after the one who inspired you to live by faith. It takes faith when God calls you to obey. It always takes faith. I love verse 21. Here's what, watch what the apostles did. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they'd been told. Daybreak, first thing, and they begin to teach the people. Look at what they didn't do. They didn't delay. They did not delay. They obeyed Fully, write this down, delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. Whenever God prompts you, you obey completely and you obey immediately, no matter what. If it's big, you obey. If it seems small and insignificant, you still obey. For example, Amy and I were in uh, Hawaii. I was teaching a, a leadership event in Hawaii because somebody has to sacrifice and go to Hawaii to help these people learn. And so it was, it was our only time to go there. 
And I, it was a miserable planned trip. We only had four days there, and I only scheduled a half a day off, which was just stupid because we were all the way there in Hawaii. Half a day off. On our half day off, um, we came down to the beach, and we sat down, and we were like, finally, Hawaii. And I'm talking 30 seconds in, all of a sudden, God gave me a burden for a friend of mine who was going through a horrible time. And I said, Amy, I'm really sorry. I know it's been all ministry week, but I think I'm supposed to call this guy. And she's like, you think God wants you to? I said, yes. She said, go call him. And so I ran down the beach, you know, Jim Hasselhoff or whatever, and I go up to the, <laughs> up to the room, and I called my phone, and, and I uh, dialed him. And I forgot about the time change. And it was like way later where he was than I was. It's like 1130, almost midnight. And he picked up the phone. He said, Grosh, why are you calling me now? And I, then I remember, like, oh, time change. I, I can't explain it. I just felt like God wanted me to. And then he said, and his tone was really different. He, he was, his voice was shaken. He said, why now? Like, I told you, I just felt like, I'm sorry it's late, but I felt like, and he said, no, why now? And then it dawned on me. I said, you're thinking about taking your life right now, aren't you? He said, yes. I said, do you have a gun with you? He said, yes. I said, put the gun down because it's obvious God cares for you enough to have me call you at the perfect time. You're going to walk out your door, go to your neighbor's house. I don't care what time it is, ring the doorbell, and you're staying the night there because wouldn't you agree God cares for you so much that I would call you at the right time? He said, yes, I absolutely. A couple years later, this guy is, is on fire for God and has worked through all of his issues. And I'm telling you, when God prompts you, even if it doesn't make sense, you obey immediately and you obey completely. And that's what these guys did. And because of their obedience, the religious leaders brought him back in and unleashed on him again. Verse 28, we gave you strict orders. Don't teach in this name. What was the name they were teaching? And it was the name Jesus. Yet you filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles, they said we must. Everybody say we must. Say it again, we must. They said we must do what? Say it aloud. We must obey God rather than men. In other words, you don't know what we've seen. When you know Christ like we know him, when you've seen what we've seen and you've heard what we've heard, we can't not talk about him because boldness is behavior born out of belief. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. And this isn't an option. It's not an if. It's not a maybe. It's not a when. It is a we must. And church, when you fall so in love with him, you won't care what anybody else thinks, what anybody else says, how foolish it makes you look. You become a must servant of Christ. No matter what you say, you can't stop us. You can threaten to kill us, you can lock us up, you can beat us, but we're not going away. Why? Because we must obey God rather than men. Father, I pray that your spirit would seal this truth deep within our hearts. And God, that we would be different because when we spend time with you, God, it leads to faith, which leads to boldness, which leads to results, which leads to more desire for you and more faith and more boldness and more glory to you. Make us, oh God, in love with your son Jesus, so much so that the world will be amazed by our boldness and they would take note 
that we have been with Jesus. All of our churches today, those of you who would say, I'm not that bold. I'm sometimes slow to obey. I don't even know when the last time. I'm telling you, you start obeying and God's gonna start speaking and you're gonna recognize his voice. I wanna obey boldly. I wanna live with bold obedience. I wanna be a must person who lives and does what God says, no matter what. If that's you, all of our churches, lift your hands now. Just lift them up high all over the place. Thank you, God, for all these willing servants. I pray, God, that, that we would fall so in love with you, that we would see you work and hear the truth of your word and your word would build faith within us. And God, that we would come to the place where we don't care what anybody says, what anybody thinks. God, when you prompt us, we will obey. Even when we don't understand, even when there's opposition, even when the opposition is us, even and especially when it takes faith. And God, when we follow you, we won't be surprised by your miracles that follow our obedience. God, make us, lead us to a fully surrendered, obedient life, living boldly for the one who gave his life for us. Keep praying today, all of our churches. Here's, here's just, so, this is my favorite part of everything that we do. There are those of you, you're about to be boldly obedient like you've never been before because you're gonna recognize you're not living in obedience to God. If you're not living obediently, chances are you probably really don't know him because when you do know him, you, it, you, you, you don't have to obey, you want to obey out, out of the goodness, the response to his gift of eternal life through Jesus. There are some of you today, you're feeling drawn to God and yet you know you're not fully into the God thing. There's something drawing you. Some of you, people may think you're a Christian, you're kind of a cultural Christian, you kind of blend in, but you recognize there's not this full on, full life of passion for Jesus. What's happening? The Spirit of God is drawing you toward him today. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna boldly surrender your life. It's no longer gonna be yours. You're gonna give it to him. You're gonna declare that Jesus is Lord. You're gonna believe that God raised Jesus from the dead so all of your sins could be forgiven. You're gonna give your life to him. You're gonna be filled with the Spirit of God and you will never be the same. That is why you're here. It's time to get bold. Jesus, take all my life. All of our churches, look up at me right now. Everybody looking around because I want everybody to get the joy of seeing you boldly say, I give my life to God. Every bit of it, Jesus, take my life. It's no longer mine. I give it to you. Lift your hands now, high. Lift them high all over the place. Man, praise God for all of you. One uh, couple together right back here. All of you, lift them, leave them up in the air. Right back over here. Others of you today saying, me too. Praise God for you. Others today who say, yes, I give my life to you. Come on, others who say, I want everybody to know. I surrender back there. Thank you, God. Others who say, yes, take my life. I boldly declare, Jesus, be the Savior, be the Lord of my life. Right back over there as well. Praise God for you right up here. Right back over here as well. Jesus, take my life. Come on, others of you. Get over the pride. I don't care what anybody thinks. I want to be a follower of Christ. Praise God for you. Man. Everybody pray aloud. Pray aloud with those around you. Pray up here. Praise God for you. Pray aloud. Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. I believe you died for me and you rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit. My life is no longer my own. I give it to you. Make me bold for the name of Jesus. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Life Church, get a little loud. Worship God.
Welcome those today born into God's family. Well, after watching that, what is God asking you to boldly obey in? So what is it? What is it that he wants you to maybe give up? What is it that he wants you to maybe do? Um, is it something like going on a mission trip? Is it something uh, like getting into involved in a small group environment that we have? Is it serving? Is it tithing? What is that next step that God is asking you to boldly trust him in and to obey? And so this week, what we'd like to do, um, every week we give our spiritual growth challenge, and it's at the Connection Center or online. You can download Download it under the Resource Center, and it always helps us go further with the message. And so if you're wrestling with that topic or you need to continue to wrestle with him on that this week, uh, then I highly encourage you to pick one of these up and be able to just work through that with God this week and boldly uh, go for it. You know, just obey him, and uh, you won't regret it. Um, many times when I've done that in my life, it is amazing what God will do. It's not about getting something. It's about what God wants to do in our lives and often what he wants to do in someone else's life as well. And so would you take that challenge and continue to embrace what God wants you to do boldly? Um, well, I have several announcements uh, before we depart today, and so just check out this video on the screen. Well, there's so many of you that serve here at Epic, and we could not do the things that we do without you. And uh, I couldn't think of anything better uh, than to see lives that are changed. And that's what happens when you serve. When you serve, you see lives being changed. And so um, I just want to encourage you, if you are not involved, if you've been attending for a while, uh, get plugged in. When you get plugged in, you get to know people, you get to connect with them, you begin to get involved, and you begin to see lives being changed by God. And so it's an amazing thing to do. And so if you have been attending for a while, please get involved. What we're going to be doing is, on your way out today, uh, we're going to be handing you a card. And on the back of there, there are... Uh, it tells about all the serving opportunities that we have here at Epic. And so would you read over that? Would you pray about it? And would you get involved in seeing lives change? And just fill that out and then turn it in at the Connection Center next week or today. Um, if possible, and just be praying about, okay, God, where do you want me to get involved? I've been here for a while. I don't know too many people. I don't know what exactly is going on, but I'm going to jump in. I'm going to take that bold step to jump in and begin to serve somewhere. And so um, the things that we do around here on a regular basis is really offer a lot of things for you to get involved in. One of those things that uh, we're wanting to tell you about is next month, there is a women's conference uh, that's going to be happening in Orlando. It's called the Women of Faith uh, Conference. And so if you are a woman and you have been kind of saying, well, you know, I don't know too many people, this would be a great opportunity to jump in, to go with tons of women who will be going, uh, tons of our community groups. I highly encourage you to go together as well. It is an evening on Friday night and then also on Saturday, and you'll be hearing tons of just amazing stories from amazing women of God, uh, and as they also share from the Bible and teach about the Bible as well. And so something that you don't want to miss out it's only $119, and that includes the hotel and then the price of admission as well. And so be considering that. Again, the dates for that are September 20th and 21st, but we really need to get a head count right away. And so if you would, go online, check it out, and on there, sign up right away um, because we need to know within the next couple weeks if you're going or if you're not uh, because the deadline for that is by September 8th. Uh, for that. And then this month and next month, we are starting our small group environment. So if you've been waiting to get into some of our community groups and the starting point into next step, uh, we are starting to kick those off. And the first environment that 
we want to tell you about is Financial Peace University. It is a nine-week uh, small group environment where you explore what it is to uh, operate with finances, to learn about finances. It's through Dave Ramsey. Maybe you've heard of him. He's on the radio. He's on Fox. He's just an expert in finances. And so if finances have controlled you, hey, get control of your finances. And it's a great way to be able to do that, and especially as a couple um, it's been tremendous in my life with Sarah, and so it's something that we should all know about and how to control them instead of them controlling us. And so if you're interested in doing that, uh, would you sign up with Gary Antosh? He's at the Connection Center, or you can sign up online as well under our small groups uh, tab as well. And they are going to be having a preview night on August 29th. And so if you're kind of like, ah, I'm not too sure about that, August 29th, they're just going to have a night to kind of show you what FPU is, and then uh, experience that if you want to make a decision at that point. And so at least go to the preview night uh, so that you can see what the course is about. Uh, you'll enjoy going there. Uh, we've had tons of people who go through it, and it changes dramatically their lives and how they operate with their finances. And then uh, we've talked a lot about serving. We've talked a lot about uh, giving of our talents and giving of our time. God also asks us to give of our resources, um, because when we give back of the resources, it kind of let goes of that grip that we have in control of our finances, and it's like, oh, I'm going to hold all this money. And in fact, we start to learn that, you know what, all this is really from him. And when we do that, and when we let go of our finances, and we give a portion back to him, it makes a dramatic difference in our lives, but it also makes a dramatic difference in the lives around you right here and in our community, and also be able to send like teams across the world to Guatemala. And so when you make that step of faith and obedience, God uses it in a small way and uses it in a huge way. And so if you call Epic your home, there's two ways that you can give. You can give at the giving boxes located at each of the end of the rows or online at theepicchurch.com as well. And then if you are new with us today, we would love to uh, get to know you more. And so would you stop by our Connection Center? We have a brochure to give to you to find out more about Epic, and people are back there that can answer your questions about Epic as well. And so thank you guys so much for being here today, and have a great Sunday.